The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Let's get back to these scratches, though. Philosophically speaking, do women still like scars? Do chicks still dig scars? I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. You tell us. On the face? I'm barely a chick. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. On the face? Yeah, I think some girls like scars on the face. What? No. Why? Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. I mean, there have to be scars elsewhere. Would I mean, they would want the face intact, I would think. I don't know. I think a scar on the face can look kind of cool. You do? This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at The Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it, she's trying to hide it I'm cool as ever, she's too excited Her man look like he wanna fight He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth Talk about it, we all about it They make the plans, we sit and count Our chest If I don't put these headphones on prior to us going on the air And do a little audio check Boom! Blows out my eardrum Oh yeah, Everyone. you know who the last person is who sits there Tell Homer. me yeah. And so Homer is also deaf. I mean, 69 years old. Uh-huh. Is he really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. 69 years old. He looks good for him. Been putting on headphones for the majority of his life. Mm. The hearing, you know, the hearing's probably not the best. Ooh, now I'm worried about my hearing. If I start wearing headphones, are you worried about your hearing? You wear headphones more than I wear headphones. I mean, if it happens, it happens. Has, hazard I'm, I'm of the not, job. Go ahead, you. I'm not, you know, I'm not you, pivoting at this point. Do you have ringing in your ears? Because I can never hear complete silence. Yeah, it's called tinnitus. Ooh. Or something. Like, there's there's an issue. I have the same thing. Yeah. Pure silence causes a screeching in my ear, and it's oftentimes due to ear injuries or sound, like basically hearing issues. Yes. Now yes. I'm turning down the headphones even more. <laughs> Yes, yeah, sil- like I can't hear silence. Pure silence freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. So what do you have, like a noise machine? Yeah, uh-huh. I either always am playing something yes. on the TV, or, or I, if I'm sleeping, I have to have a fan yeah, or something. Yeah, exact noise. same thing. Huh. Because otherwise it's a ee. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, look at you okay. two. Common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will not be here tomorrow. Have a little trip planned. And before the show, I was kind of detailing to you guys my itinerary. And I've done a lot of goofy stuff, crazy stuff, uh, unlikely to occur stuff. Joshie, is everything okay? You're looking at me? Uh, yes, carry on. Okay, thank you. Um, but this might be, this might take the cake, right? So tomorrow morning, I am leaving on a 545 out of Milwaukee to go to Atlanta. It is scheduled to land at 8.53 a.m. And then I'm trying to make a flight to Cabo, to Mexico, at 9.03. Why? <laughs> because there were no, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons. Couldn't find a great flight. Flights are outrageous right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I am going for my girlfriend's birthday, her 40th birthday. She wanted to spend it in Cabo, so we're all heading down there. And 
Flights are outrageous. I found a pretty good deal. I'm a Delta, you know, I have status on Delta, okay. so that helps with the price and whatnot. And uh, she and another friend are flying from Atlanta to Cabo on the 903. So her thought was, if you can make the 903, then we all can fly together, and we all get picked up at the airport at the same time, go to the house, da-da-da-da-da. But 8.53 is when that Delta flight is scheduled to land from Milwaukee to Atlanta. And 9.03 is when the flight is scheduled to take off from Atlanta to Cabo. When do they close the gates? Mm. I believe it's 15 minutes before the flight leaves. Oh, so you have no chance of making this. And the plane's probably already there because it's an international flight. Yes. So we're not waiting for a plane. It's a nine o'clock flight. But you gave us a little nugget before we came on the air. What's the nugget? There's an 11 o'clock. So you're like, you, you're betting on the Packers to lose. What do you mean betting on the Packers to lose? Because if they win, you're happy. And if you're not as happy if they lose, but you're making I money. I see what you're saying. You're saying I'm hedging. You're yes. hedging your bet. Okay. So I'm trying to make the 903. Yes. On the off chance that the one from Milwaukee gets in early, the one from Atlanta is running a little late. But, okay, so how long do we think it's going to take you to get from the terminal you land in to where the next flight is? Because that's going to be an international that's a flight. Bu- that's it's a bus ride. Like, or a- it's not like you get out and I'm like, yeah. oh, plane train. Oh, C-13. Oh, my next flight, C-12. That yeah. would be Great. wonderful. That ain't happening. No, I don't that think that happening. is happening either. Uh, so you're putting the chances of me making that 903 at zero? Now it's not zero. It's well, slim to none. It's... I, I really wanted to bet on you on this one, Jen. But when it occurred to me that they close... They close the doors so you can't get on the flight before you're even scheduled to land. The only chance you have is if Biden is in Atlanta getting a haircut <laughs> on the plane. And I've and had that happen to me. I've had it happen to me with Clinton. We're sitting on the plane, and what finally gets back to us that he's getting a haircut on Air Force One, and we were delayed for like an hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, because they that's ground the, all the other planes. Yeah, that's the only chance you got. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I was about to say that was very specific. Yes. And now I know why it, it was very the specific. Only chance. There must be something else. Maybe maggots will fall out of the overhead <sighs> on the plane, and they'll have to like get everybody off the plane. And while that's happening, I'll have the time to get from one gate to the other gate but what does this say about me i think is what we need to dive into here like let's lay down on the couch for a moment oh joshy got really yeah. interested uh-huh. in it's that. very easy <laughs> remember the discussion we had about you bringing undue stress and anxiety in your life yeah this is you yes. walking self-inflicted this is you jumping off the platform high dive and going hey how do i make my day filled with stress i'm gonna do this but wait, that's a very, very good point. By uh-huh. you, Josh, what, what do you think your chances of making this flight are? Slim. I would agree with you. But there is a chance. For instance, I've flown from Milwaukee to Atlanta, not necessarily on that 545, but on an early morning flight many, many, many times. It never takes two full hours. I think they're saying, you know, again, 5.45, 8.53. They're saying two hours plus for that flight tomorrow morning. But if there's you a got time change, at least a 12-minute saunter to the international gate. Well, that's the other thing. Do you think that I should call Delta and ask for a VIP pickup at the gate? See, I've had that before. When I flew from Milwaukee to Minneapolis to L.A. for the national championship, last year not this past year they picked us up at the gate 
threw us in an SUV and we drove outside the airport, not inside the airport, outside the airport from one gate to another. Do you think I called and requested that? Like an Uber, they would do it. Well, what, if, if why that's would the case, they? I'm getting platinum status on Delta. Because <laughs> you don't get that on Southwest. <laughs> yeah, but you do have two, black, two bags that fly for free. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, Chef Ed Wingen, is this Jen, Gabe, and Chewy or the Adventures of Jen? <laughs> Mostly the Adventures of Jen yeah. when she decides to book a flight. Again, you're scheduled to land after the doors close of your other flight. Yes, yes, that is correct. Which yeah. is why Delta will not actually let you book those two Together. Like you can't book, you're not allowed to book those as a connecting flight. I couldn't book Milwaukee to Atlanta, Atlanta to Cabo. It's, I booked one flight Milwaukee to Atlanta, and then I have a separate reservation for Atlanta to Cabo. There's 0% chance you're making uh, this. Not zero, but it's well, point, slim. Point zero yeah, it's, two? it's very slim. Again, like she's talking about, like, what are the odds that Delta's going to go, oh, yes. We will, we will, you know, pick you up in an SUV and take you to your flight. I mean, the taxi alone in Atlanta on a Friday morning. The taxi, the train, the plane train. No, 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 no. When you land to get to where they're dropping you off, is yeah, at least ten minutes, probably more of fifteen. Oh, you're saying the taxi? Yeah. When you land Not the plane, the taxi, but yeah. the taxi. Because that is early taxi. in the morning. The business travelers, the airports hopping. You've got no chance. Oh, look, you chase. <laughs> yes. you, got, you have no chance. He's starting chance. to do the math in his head. Yes. So should I just go ahead and book the eleven o'clock and just hang out in the Delta Lounge for a couple hours? See, there's also a part of you. That I think, once you found out you couldn't book this as a connecting flight, wanted to go bleep you, Delta. Yeah. Watch me. <laughs> there is a part of me. That's right. Like, there, there's a part of that that exists in this So you're well. not on the 11 right now? No. Oh. <laughs> what if it's full? It's not. I checked. How not? What if it fills? How many seats? I don't know, like nine? I would book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, book the 11. Otherwise, I'll be stuck in Atlanta. Or I'll have to come back to Milwaukee. Sounds to me like you really don't want to go. <laughs> if you really like? want to It's kind of starting to seem well, like my it. my girlfriend wanted me to fly out tonight. She wanted me to fly from Milwaukee to Atlanta tonight, spend the night at her place, then we'd all catch the 9 o'clock, but I got the Marquette Radio Show. And I'm not missing the Marquette Radio Show, the, the, the show before the game against UConn. Marquette-UConn is the biggest game on the slate this weekend, no questions, hands down. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to Shaka before that game. Not handing that assignment off so that I can get to Atlanta this evening, so I can make that nine o'clock flight to Cabo. Will you be able to watch it in Cabo? I should be able to, right? I got I got YouTube TV. Okay, right? That's uh, an international uh, right. thing. I guess. All right, should Is we it? put this? Should we put this on the? <laughs> I have pole? no idea. Jen's connecting flight lands at eight fifty three. I feel the word connecting is doing a lot of work here. <laughs> like it's just. Or ma- connecting implies that those flights are supposed to be able to be made. Yeah. Right, can- which is why they won't book those two right. together. So you, you can't use to, connecting. You already have to loophole your You're way stealing through that the word. Thing. So what word should I use? My flight from Milwaukee to Atlanta yes. lands at 8.53. The flight from Atlanta to Cabo takes off at 9.03. Is there any chance Jen makes the 9.03? It's like a math word problem. <laughs> Isn't international like also a big, like a pretty big deal of trying to get from one to the other? Yes. Like, it's not just like no. a connecting flight. Like, if I were going from Atlanta to Florida, like, it's a faster process, is it not? Oh, or- it's definitely the plane train. I think I got to go from Terminal C to Terminal F. Yeah, isn't, and there's no additional security or anything? No. Okay. I don't. 
think so. Once you're on, you're on. Right? Yeah. You're yeah. in you're in the airport. It's, it's not like you, you go through customs when you get uh, to Mexico. Landing. Gotcha. It's not like you go through customs on your way ah, out. Ah, two M's. All right, we'll figure this out. I guarantee people don't think I can make it, but I'm actually up for the challenge. I don't think you are. I well, am. Will you what? document this for us? You want me to videotape yeah. it? Yeah. How, well, how much time will that take? You What you do is you put your phone on, you record camera, and you just follow it all. Okay. And then we speed it up after. Can I ask you a question? Should I get a GoPro? Should I wear a GoPro for uh, this adventure? Yes. To, to watch you fail? <laughs> yeah. I, I like, guess you, you could. If you're jumping on the train, there's 0% chance you're making it. Is that trams in Atlanta? I don't even know. The plane train, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Those things are scary. So you think I need to book the 11? You think I should just... So then here's the yes. thing. If I'm going to take yeah, the 11, totally. then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the 7 o'clock out of Milwaukee instead of the 545 out of Milwaukee. The only reason I'm taking the 545 is to try to catch the 9. How long do you want to stay on with Delta today? <laughs> 14 hours? <laughs> I mean, this isn't a five-minute call, right? Wait, I'm not the only one flying in the next 24 hours. Where are you? At? You don't have to say where you're going. Oh, I think you've oh, said Vegas. already yeah. that you're going to Vegas. And you're taking, uh, you're taking a flight this morning. 1045. Right after the show. I got my Uber, Gabe. Sup? Hooking me up. Yeah. Your Uber, Gabe. <laughs> going to see Love tonight. Not Jordan. The Beatles Love. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Did you bring any money with you? Yeah. Cash? I'm not gambling. But we told you yesterday you have to bring cash to Vegas. Yeah, in case you want to gamble. Uh, my wife will bring the cash. Oh, okay. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah. She's, yeah, Good got her, got her pieces. craps fixed. Way more trustworthy with the money. Yeah. When she's playing craps, are you no, just wandering I, no, around? I stay away. Okay. She gets, yeah. She wants to get feisty? Away. You're unlucky. I'm not unlucky. I'm just annoying. <laughs> you know? What are you doing? How much are you going to lose there? <laughs> I'm going shopping. I got my purse. You found your purse. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried you were going to have to buy a new purse. Ah, it was only 38 bucks. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Tighter than two coats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah You're allowed what... to spend 38 bucks twice? Ah, we'll see how she does at the craps table. <laughs> so basically, she's bankrolling your trip. Yes. I see how this is working. Lots of reaction rolling in this morning on the ESPN Milwaukee Talk and Text Line. Uh, Clint saying, I think you'll be good, Jen. Your flight to Atlanta will arrive early. You only live once. Colin weighing in saying, is Jen checking a bag? If so, that bag is not getting to Mexico. <laughs> um, let's see. If you booked it as, a, as one trip, maybe they would hold the second flight. But if you booked it as two separate flights, there is no way you're making that flight. 800-990-3776. I feel like there could be a daylight savings hack here if daylight savings were in <laughs> February. <laughs> See, I would get Homer to do the Marquette Hour, and then I would go tonight. Oh. If you really want to get the Cabo. I don't want to miss the show. I know, but... Big show. It is a big show. Seems like she's more okay missing your friend's birthday than the show. Yes. Oh, now that's a poll. <laughs> well, we arrived to, well, maybe I just come back to Milwaukee pretty early in this conversation. I just mean that I, I can take the 11 o'clock flight. I don't think it's going to be sold out. I'll take a look during the break and see what the status of that 11 o'clock flight to Cabo is and just see if it looks like I need to book it. And I don't mean book it like hurry. I mean book it like Actually, book the flight. Okay. Let's say in a perfect world, you land early. How early are you landing? 
Okay, so I think that flight is about an hour 37, an hour 38. Okay. Okay, so 545 out the door. Sometimes they get those first flights out early, by the way, because everybody's on. They they just do. They pull away sure, from the Sure, you may have some de-icing, though, so I think... Balances out. Banking on it leaving early, I think, is a bad idea. So let's go 8... 8.45 would be two hours exactly. Okay. Let's go. Let's back it up 10 at least. Let's okay. Let's say 8.35. All right. 8.35. I'm golden. Where I are you sitting on the plane? First row. Okay. First seat. All right. So, so you're getting the first off. one off the plane. So you're getting off the plane right away. And this flight leaves at 9.03. So that means gates are closing at 48. Yeah. So you've got. 13 minutes? Piece of cake. <laughs> Piece of cake. The best best case scenario best is, case scenario is, is she makes 13. it. The worst case is you don't book the 11 and you 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 lose that too. You're, you're, you're imagining that the train you need is just there. Yeah, that's the other issue. Well, the, the plane train is two minutes. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Every plane train. Okay. That, see, that's what I'm really banking on is my experience in the Atlanta airport. I know that sucker like the back of my hand. I know, hand. but if this was a 2 o'clock flight going to Cabo and you are landing at 1.45, you have a better chance because that plane may be delayed coming in. That plane's already there. Right. Yeah, it's going to be ready to no rock shot. at three. Chewy no started with, well, maybe she yeah. No, I'm with Gabe now. Absolutely not. We got to get to Jason Wildey. He's hanging out with us this morning talking about those Green Bay Packers. We'll do that right after this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ready, down, put, 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 put. All Packers, all the time. We have come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wilde on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Always great to have our friend and teammate Jason Wildey hanging out with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good morning, Jason. How's your week going? Uh, better than yours? Well, my week is going fine so far. Can't complain. Yeah. You sound stressed. I- I'm oh, not stressed. Oh, she- <laughs> Joshy is stressed. He's got he's got stress by proxy. Oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> I-, I think uh, what we're deciding here as a collective is I need to make some other arrangements. <laughs> That's probably good advice. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm to support you in any way I can. Appreciate that. We are turning our attention to the draft Mom. for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and we have talked about how since Pete Thamel came on the show a few weeks ago telling us that the safety class is pretty weak and you know maybe they address that in free agency. In any case, would you be pro best player available or do you think they have to go after a defensive back or a running back, or an offensive lineman, or some other position that is more pressing than just get an athlete. All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, bore you with my Ted Thompson impression. Uh, although I do do a mean Texas drawl. Well, I think now uh, we need to J- hear it, J- Jason. <laughs> Come on, Jason. There we go. What question is that, Jason? Um, that's just how it worked out. Um, 
I am Mr. Best Player Available. I, I just I, I don't care what position they play other than if uh, they're picking 25th. If Caleb Williams is there at 25, I think they probably need to find a trade partner. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry. I think that whether you – if you look at this roster, I understand that wide receiver appears to be pretty well stocked now after what they did last year. I would agree that tight end appears pretty well stocked, especially with my favorite future star, Ben Sims, who I just think has the best hair of anybody in the locker room. I just think that there are so many other needs or needs that could become, aren't needs today, but could become needs a year from now that you have to always take that best player. And if, if you have a situation where the next four best players are say wide receivers, uh, then you move back. Now there are dangers to that. Uh, you know, and, and I always use this as an example, but this was a flaw in scouting, not a flaw in uh, thought process on draft day. In 2017, when they moved back out of the first round and to number 33, they only moved back four spots, five spots, uh, and they had a bunch of guys graded the same. Uh, and they had T.J. Watt graded lower than they had Kevin King, which whoever did those grades obviously effed up but they trusted their board, and that's why they moved back. They figured they could get one of the players that they liked at that spot and accumulate an extra pick, which was a fourth-round pick that they used on Vince Beagle, who they thought was commensurate with T.J. Watt. They couldn't have been more wrong. We all agree on that. But my point is, is that you don't know when your needs are going to change. And Ted used to always say you're a couple of sprained ankles away from having – a surplus of guys at a position to being short at a position. So I will always, always, always be BPA. And I'm not talking about the stuff that you don't want in your water bottle. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you saw the 49ers fired their D coordinator, Steve Wilkes yesterday. I not think surprising. that was, you think it was, I mean, Shanahan in that no, game. Uh, no, had, not had, at all. Had his own issues. I wasn't issues. surprised at all. Were you surprised? Yeah, I thought their D was pretty good. I mean, first half, they shut him down. Second half, it got away from him. I don't know if that was Greenlaw, but you can certainly say Shanahan, you had Kittle and Debo combined, I think, five catches for 37 yards. That's on you, bro. But what my yeah, question I, is, if they lost in the NFC Championship game, would Steve Wilkes have been the safer pick than Halfley? Oh, interesting. So... I'm not surprised. I'm not saying that his firing was necessarily justified. True. Let me let me clarify mm-hmm. that. Okay. Uh, it was that it felt like from multiple points this season. I don't know why I I caught more. I guess because they were the top dog in the NFC for most of the year. But like, you know, I got a couple of buddies that cover the 49ers, so I read a little more about them than maybe I read about some other contending teams that the Packers aren't playing. Um, and it just always felt like Shanahan didn't really like what what Wilkes was doing, right? Like, there was the game, I can't remember which game it was, but, like, he sent an all-out blitz late in the game and they got burned by it. Um, and he just, it always felt like, unless they won the Super Bowl, and maybe even if they did, uh, he was this was a bad fit. So I agreed. I didn't think their defense lost them the game by any stretch. 
frankly, I, Bulaga and I were talking about this, and he was talking about it with Homer, too. I would argue that what lost them the game was that their front four probably could have gotten pressure if they weren't being held as often as they were. And then Wilkes was blitzing more, and then that was where they started getting into trouble. But my point is is that uh, Wilkes certainly has a track record, right? He's been a, he was briefly a head coach. He's been an interim head coach. Players really seem to like him. But it just felt like a bad fit there. Look, taking a guy who spent the last four years coaching in college and making him your defensive coordinator inherently is a riskier play than, say, you know, paying a draft pick to get Ejero Evero away from the Panthers. Now, they, were, they wanted to do everything they could to keep him and pair him with Dave Canales. But I really believe that if Matt LaFleur had his pick, and Matt LaFleur has not said this, so I don't want this to be me sounding like I quoted him when I said this, but I really believe that if Evero, if they could have gotten Evero, he would be the guy. I, I am. I you will. You would have to work really hard to convince me otherwise. Now, I also think that their interest in those Baltimore guys was real, and they were ready to go to that version of a defense if one of those guys had been available, or had they gotten far enough down the road to get them as their guy. Um, I don't. I still like the Halfley hire. I really do. I, I, I think that their personnel fits it. I don't think it's going to be a major shift. I think there's a lot of good things about it. But it's still a guy that, while he has NFL experience, the last time he coached in the league was 2018 with the 49ers. And lots of things change in the league over that time. And there will be, at least in my opinion, a certain level of ramp up or reacclimation process for him because he spent a lot of time in a, in a different, not vastly different, but different game that is college football. Yeah. I mean, you can look at Jimmy Leonard, right? He's out one year, was a popular yeah. candidate, and now he has to go back to what is he, the DB safety DB coach, coach yeah. DB's coach at Denver. And we're, we're talking one year, right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I, I love Jimmy. I've known him a really long time. Um, I understand that, you know, the timing three years ago was such that he he really, I think he firmly believed he was the next head coach at the University of Wisconsin. Like he thought Chris was never going to get fired and that they would do the succession plan like Alvarez did to Bielema. And obviously it didn't play out that way. I would love to have Doc Brown's time machine and see what would have happened had he not turned down the job because it would have been interesting. And this is why the Evero thing I keep bringing up, even though it's fantasy land, Evero runs a similar but more aggressive and more creative version of what Barry runs and has been better at adjusting, right? And so you don't make a wholesale change in scheme you make a more subtle change in scheme. If Leonard had gotten the job in 2021, who was he a disciple of? Mike Patton. Mm-hmm. Mike Patton, had, they had parted ways with Patton, and if he comes in, I don't know, maybe it's worse. I will never know, but it's a subtle change. It's aggressive scheme still, and I, I just I would have loved to have seen what that defense would have looked like had it played out that way. Jason, our pal Rob Domofsky over at ESPN.com has a story. Seven plays that define Jordan Love's breakout season for the Packers. So people can check that out, ESPN.com. Is there one play that stands out more in your mind for Jordan Love this past season? 
Yeah, but I'm going to go a different direction because I don't want to steal Rob's thunder, although I haven't read that yet. Um, I'm going to say his last throw of the season. And the reason why it defines the season for me is because it tells you everything you need to know about how far he came. And I know I've said this to you guys before, but not everyone listens every day, although they should. Um, It defines how far he came that we were so stunned that he would make a mistake like that. Like you guys know, and and I know that there's a small contingent of social media users that clearly don't listen to the show, any of our shows. They just are trolls on Twitter. But, like, they always love to bring up how I would say that I didn't see enough wild throws from him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was – and, and look, I stand by every stinking word I said about that. Like, there were not enough of them. There weren't enough in preseason games. There weren't enough in practices. There weren't enough in off-season shorts and helmets practices. There weren't enough going into the season to think that he was going to deliver what he delivered in the nine games leading up to the 49ers loss. There just weren't. But, and there were frankly not enough wow throws after Chicago and maybe a couple against Atlanta and in the comeback against New Orleans. There weren't enough of them yet. There were some, there were more than none, but there weren't enough. And then suddenly, and I, I love the story. It was one of my favorite things I got to write this year was when I got Lafleur to basically admit that even though they lost, the Pittsburgh game was a huge turning point. He took the he he took the governor off of Love. He convinced Love to let it rip. He let it rip as a play caller. Uh, they lost the game. He threw two picks, but it just looked so different than what their offense had looked like. He stepped into throws. He made confident throws. He made a ton of wild throws, which is what allows Rob to do that story, right? Because if there aren't wild throws, there ain't a whole hell of a lot of plays to define a season. Correct. And he wasn't just a game manager. He was a playmaker. And so my point is is that the, how far he came from me being able to honestly and accurately say that he hadn't had enough wild throws to having so many wild throws that I don't know if I could have narrowed it down to seven plays tells you how far he came. And the fact that he made the wild throw in a negative sense, like, wow, I can't believe he threw that ball tells you everything you need to know about how rapidly and how significantly he grew as a quarterback. And the reason why he's now like fifth in the odds of winning MVP next year which no one would have said when they couldn't score a stinking point in the first half in most of their games in the first half of the season, tells you everything you need to know about how far he's come. Good stuff, Jason. We will definitely dive into that article. It is on ESPN.com right now. Seven plays to find Jordan Love's breakout Packers season. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, safe travels. Take care. Be good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Jason Wildey is on Wildey and Tausch right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy each and every weekday right here on ESPN Milwaukee. We'll take a break on the show. Be right back after this. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. So you mentioned Super Bowls and parties and how they don't go hand in hand, which again is an absurd comment by you, Chew, but it's Wait. just one of many on the show. Dumber thing that Chewy has said this morning. Super Bowls and parties don't go hand in hand or cheddar is not a top 10 cheese. On 94.5 ESPN. Back 
back here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Great conversation with Jason Wilde, and we will dive into that Jordan Love article that Rob Domofsky put out there about his best throws. Wonder if people have different opinions. Jason already zigging when everybody else is zagging, saying that the, what do you call it, the most important? No, the most the throw that Yeah, the throw that defined his season. The throw that defined his season was the interception across his body late in the game. 50 seconds left, right? I think they still had two timeouts, threw across his body, intercepted against the 49ers. Was that his worst throw? Because uh, he no. threw across his body earlier in the game to Aaron Jones yeah. when Aaron should have stopped and he didn't. But I would think uh, Rossley should have said, dude, don't throw across your body. It never turns out good. Ask well, Brett. He threw across his body, I think, when he got Dontavian Wicks along the sideline. Wasn't that a throw across the body type of one? Uh, I mean, he was rolling right. left. He you was. Know, so he was more rolling left and mm-hmm. he just kind of had to, you know. Because you're, it, it I thought looks he was a little still awkward. on the right side of the field, but maybe he wasn't. I got to go back and watch that one. But I mean, if you go back to the the Cowboys game. His last touchdown against the Cowboys. He's rolling right through back across his body to the left. And that was the issue with Favre, right, Chu? That it yeah. worked so often for him that you know you just get used to it working. Yeah, you just you can't put a lot of juice on it, and it's always a can I mean, you his, squeak it in there. His his worst throw of the season. Like it, I I can't forget it. No. It was against the Raiders. Just threw it right to a linebacker. Oh. But yeah. he didn't see him. Wasn't that the thing? Where there was a I game where he didn't see the linebacker. Sure. But the linebacker was like, that's like me he looking. Didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like me looking at you going, I don't see Jen right now. <laughs> I thought he was hidden behind a, another player, perhaps. But I want to talk about Wilkes getting fired. Steve Wilkes, the uh, forty and the 49ers, he, he was fired yesterday. In fact, it was very unceremonious. They just said, we've relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. And Chewie brought it up with Jason a few moments ago. You know, you rush to make the hire. You want to make sure you're not getting the scraps of the coaching circuit. So you go out and get Halfley, which whether you believe he was their first choice or not is up for debate. So you go out and get Halfley. I didn't think there would be changes. I'm going to be real honest. Isn't it usually a safe bet, guys, that the teams that are in the Super Bowl are pretty freaking happy with their staffs? Or am I oversimplifying something here? No. no, I mean, maybe there's a change if there was a team that was waiting, right? And they knew they were going to hire, like what happened with the Eagles last year? The Eagles lost, they played in the Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl, but lost their offensive and defensive coordinators. So there was a change there, but I didn't think anybody was getting fired. Because you go to the Super Bowl, yeah. things are going well. You don't fire a D coordinator when their defense is in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Top five. Top five. And played a hell of a half. Again, the first half of that game, they, they, they were giving the Chiefs fits. Yeah. I mean, tra- we saw Travis Kelsey. He was furious yes. at the way that uh, the Chiefs were being handled by the Niners' defense. So was this, hold on, Jen, was this a get the pressure off of my back because I screwed up overtime and let's fire someone and let sort the attention go like it. there. It sort of felt scapegoaty, didn't it? Because he stunk. Shanahan. Shanahan wasn't great. For as powerful as that offense, I think they had 300 and maybe 60 or 70 yards. That's not great. I think Kyle has an accountability problem like across the board. He lied about the overtime stuff uh, and yeah. said they wanted the ball third. And yeah. now and now he's scapegoating his top 5 defense for some reason in that game. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, and I, I I don't know, and I know Jason was saying that it, it was obviously not a good fit, but when the defense is playing that well, you made it that far, half, and yeah. the defense, well, but the defense played very well the entire season. 
But not only that, the cupboard's already dry. Yeah. Everyone's been picked well, over, so you have to hire from within okay, because we where are you going to go? Before we get to that, because I do think that that's important as well, because that's what happens this late in the process is everybody else has already filled their spots. So who are you going to get? I did not understand the point that you guys are making about how Shanahan was not great in the game. In the Albert Breer tweet, it says there were signs at the end of the Super Bowl that Kyle Shanahan was less than pleased with the defensive strategy, particularly with the timeout. What was the timeout, Gabe? Particularly with the timeout, there was uh, it was like a second and six, I believe, and there were they had like five high people playing oh, all yeah, at the line right. of scrimmage, yeah. and Kyle clearly called the timeout because he didn't like the defensive lineman. Oh right, right, right. Now I remember yes. that. Yeah. So he's not allowed to have a brain fart or whatever contributed to that scheme, that situation. But Shanahan can do the thing in overtime where he doesn't know the rules and his guys are admitting not knowing the rules. Like, that to me feels a little glass houses, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it totally is. I mean, we have audio here of people asking him about not being able to win the big game. And it's very interesting. And now, Matt LaFleur almost annoys us with how much he takes blame. But Kyle Shanahan seems to be the exact opposite. He wants to point the fingers and directions everywhere other than at Kyle Shanahan. I want to know what you guys think of this. I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fix perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. Um, we've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. Um, but it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough losing to Kansas City. Um, but to think that if if we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. Um, that's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure. Uh, it comes down to one game, and I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. I mean, I'm just looking at his third down efficiency, and I'm looking at Shanahan's three of twelve. That's terrible. That mm-hmm. is horrible. I mean, we always shoot. We always shoot for forty percent, forty percent conversion rate on third down. Uh, Kansas City was nine of nineteen, which is over forty percent. That's right there. I mean, that's not great, but three of twelve, dude. Look in the mirror. You tell me, because you won a lot of big games, but you also won the big game. Yeah. Like, what's the pressure difference in when you guys beat San Fran in 95, which was a huge win to get you to an NFC Championship game, versus then being in a Super Bowl? Uh, It's it's that sudden death. So, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is more ramped up. And I'll go to Super Bowl 31. Offensively, we weren't great. We weren't great. We had two huge plays. The one to free along the sideline side that went for about 70, and then the big one that went to Andre, and then the kick return. Defense won us that game. Hands down. If you watch that game and like, oh, my God, that defense is unbelievable. You know? So I just think it's a top five defense in the last game of the year when everyone's been picked over. You're firing your D coordinator? Like, wh- they have to hire from within, don't they? Vrabel. Yeah. That's the one. If, if he would take it. Which I think he 
kind of reach out to him before you make this move, don't you? Yeah, but Vrabel might be like, eh, I'm a head coach. I'm getting paid by the Titans still. Uh, I like my chances next year of getting a job. Yeah, you know? it's certainly possible. But I think that you make this move with somebody else in mind. See, now, here's the other thing, Gabe. Other coaches around the league are going, what the hell is Shanahan doing? Well, what are I want to know what the players are thinking. Say this is your team, and you just fired the defensive coordinator. You're Fred Warner. Yeah. What What are those guys thinking? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Because it seems like by firing uh, Wilkes, you are now blaming the defense for yes. not winning the Super Bowl, which I don't think anyone sitting here thinks, Correct. yeah, that was a defensive issue. And for there's them. no chance you watched that game and thought, well, this defense stinks. Right. Like, whatever Wilkes was doing, and again, apparently there was some disconnect throughout the season. I'm trying to read up on the situation in San Fran a little bit. And again, we want to make sure that it's relevant to the Packers as well, because now that Wilkes is on the market, would you rather have Wilkes as the defensive coordinator than Jeff Halfley? At least he's a known commodity in the NFL, etc. Chu, to your point, they are one of the top defenses in the league right now, and he has been at the helm of that. And maybe it was just as simple as he and Shanahan did not see eye to eye. And if it was building and Mm. bubbling as the season went on, maybe it wouldn't have mattered if they won the Super Bowl. Maybe Shanahan had yeah. made his mind up already, and this was going to be, uh, you know, he was moving on regardless. There's always a chance These that that are was the case as well. Massive egos, M- massive. There isn't an M big enough for the word massive with these guys. They're egomaniacs. Yeah, and once, you know, once he feels threatened, or you know, the defense loves a D coordinator and the offense loves the O coordinator. A lot like Chicago back in the day. Remember with Ditka and Buddy Ryan? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know other coaches like Vrabel might be like, I ain't going there. This guy's out of control. Fires a coach that's a top five. I know him well. He's a good guy. I mean, I get people don't get along. You get in a locker room or, or you know, you're around 80 people every single day for eight months. You're not going to like everybody. But you have to be able to work together. And if you can't, then this is what happens. But this is, I thought I thought it was very bizarre. Yeah, incredibly bizarre. Brett in the 705 weighing in on the ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line saying, don't forget Brandon Staley is always an option. <laughs> and he is still out there. Please, you know? please, please, San Fran. Please do <laughs> yes, it. Yes, do us please. a favor. Oh, God. For the love of all things holy. Hey, he's a great coordinator, Kyle. I kind of like fantastic. karma. He's fantastic. I kind of like karma. What do you mean? Well, you know. Get what you deserve. Yes. Fire Wilkes. What comes around goes around. Charlene. Yes. There's another one. Let's put it on the poll. I think it it comes down to, you know what Steve Wilkes is. And this is all hypothetical, right? I think I want to side with, you know, let's give Halfley a chance. But now that Steve Wilkes is on the market, as a Packers fan, are you a little bit like, kind of would like a guy like that who's got the experience, who's got the resume. We know what he is. We know who he runs. And and exactly, that's the thing. Like, you know what he is in the NFL. I'm still excited about Halfley. I'm excited about the energy he brings. But there are more unknowns with Halfley than there are Wilkes. Let me throw this out here. Could you bring in Wilkes as a consultant? Yeah, why not? For sure. It'd be like what we heard that the Badgers are doing so, with Vrabel. Yeah. You know. So Sam Fran's a little thorn in the side to Green Bay. You get Wilkes and like, hmm, you want to know all their secrets? Well, kind of love it. Well, it, as long as you're confident in... Not ruffling feathers with Halfley. Correct. Correct. But, I mean, we see this all the time elsewhere, right? Sure. 
like whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's the NBA, where college football, you, you yeah. hire somebody who hasn't done that job before. Yeah, like Halfley hasn't done the defensive coordinator job in the NFL. You hire somebody else to be on the staff who has that experience that can be a sounding board for that person. As long as that guy's okay with it. I mean, yeah. we saw it with the Bucks. I didn't even know they brought Doc Rivers in. Well, he says that wasn't happening. He Real? says that he okay. doesn't know well, where that report came from. The the initial thought was when they hired Terry Stotts. Like Stotts was supposed to be that guy. Yes. Head coaching experience, be the guy on the bench, you know, that can help along the first time head coach. And obviously that blew up before it even mm-hmm. took off. So but I mean it happens all the time. Yeah. With teams who will do that. So I kind of like the idea that she was throwing out there, Joshy, about would you bring Wilkes on as a consultant or would you bring him on as an analyst or would you try to bring him on as just another defensive mind to kind of, yeah, you know, bolster and also addition by subtraction. Sorry about it, Niners. <laughs> yeah. Special defensive assistant. Why not? Mm-hmm. We'll roll on here on Jen, Gabe and Chewy. Have you guys tried Celsius Energy Drink yet? If you haven't, you know it is one of my go-to favorite options to get me out of bed in the morning, to get my day started right. My favorite flavor is the peach vibe. I've told you that for years and years, but... That grapefruit, sparkling grapefruit, is really making a run at it. I have one every Saturday morning before I hit the air during college football season. It keeps me going throughout the day because Celsius is an essential energy drink. And you can find it at Pick and Save or online at Amazon. Stay active and energized all day long with my favorite beverage, Celsius Essential Energy Drinks. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. He hates the ending of all comedies. Apparently doesn't like happy endings. I love happy endings. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take it that far. Maybe that's (laughs) Do you like Chewy's idea of bringing Steve Wilkes in as a consultant for the Green Bay Packers? Again, assuming that Jeff Halfley is on board with it, assuming that the new defensive coordinator doesn't feel uncomfortable having a former defensive coordinator, a recently fired defensive coordinator, kind of looking over his shoulder. But if you can establish that relationship, if you can establish the hierarchy and have another brilliant mind, another brilliant defensive mind, a guy who has been there and done that in that spot, I don't know, Chu, it might be one of the best ideas you've ever had. Thank you. Can I go home now? <laughs> You're like yes. Go you, home. You get a how are you getting home? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Wait, how did you get here? Uh, my wife dropped me off. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I just mm. assumed that your truck would be sitting out there in the parking lot. No, no, because I'm going right from Vegas back to FLA. <gasps> no, yeah, Florida. FLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that works. How you spell it? Yep. That's definitely not how you spell Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is it FLA? I don't know. And by the way, is that an airport code at all? No. Yeah. So it should be FLO. <laughs> no, I fly into Pi. Excuse me? Pi. P I E? Yeah. What would that be? I mean, it's got to be up by Tampa, but Tampa's. You know what? This is fun. Let's play this game. <laughs> How Jen... many airport codes can Jen name? Jen gave it to Rolls on right after this. Stick around.